Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Well, there's no Vu Gwyn. <laughs> As people watching YouTube can uh, can tell, uh, Vu is out uh, on a family vacation uh, slash uh, looking at colleges for his son. Um, he wanted to call in, uh, but he couldn't call in till uh, tomorrow, which would be Thursday for us. Uh, but uh, Robert, who uh, Robert Forsyth, who takes care of our production, uh, is going on vacation. So Wednesday was it. So anyways, here I am with Damon Lowney, our digital media coordinator, and our guest, Bob Miller from At Speed Motorsports. Uh, if you watch our YouTube channel, you've seen a lot of videos of Bob talking about uh, the different... Uh, I guess vintage cars and the history behind them. That and my skinny little legs, which I promise yeah, you. Yeah, you're prohibited from we, we wearing both have chicken legs. Yeah, I'm going to cover those up next time. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, we were supposed to have Alwyn Springer on. Alwyn was going to come in, and unfortunately he wasn't feeling well, and uh, he didn't uh, think he was up to traveling cross-country, so we were going to reschedule that, hopefully uh, sooner than later. Um, we did get the book in, which I was worried about because it was coming from Germany, and... Uh, it is almost 500 pages long. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. It, and I got to tell you, we get a lot of books here at PCA because we do a lot of, you know, book reviews and whatnot. And a lot of the ones that are about the history of Porsche, you, you, you tend to like skim through it because a lot of it you, we've already read, you know, sure. we know the history. And, and so I started, I thought about this, so I guess I'll skim through this, but I started reading it and it was really fascinating uh, because there were stories I've never heard before. Sure. And, and imagine Alwyn when he came over to the United States and, and what Porsche was before Porsche Motorsport, where he started it. I mean, incredible. Well, even before then, this goes back to uh, basically when he, uh, it starts when he leaves Germany, mm. he uh, immigrates to Canada, and then uh, he happens to uh, stop in uh, California and realizes this is where I want to be. This is sun. It's not cold like Toronto. And, uh, he gets a job with Vashik Polak, who, uh, for those who don't know, uh, was a big uh, um, a, uh, race team owner of a dealership and mm -hmm. a race team. Um, you know, Vashik Polak was legendary in the West Coast and I guess really in all parts of uh, Porsche history. Uh, but he becomes his um, basically, uh, I guess, crew chief, uh, head of the racing department for mm -hmm. Vashik Polak. Right. And so uh, the car that uh, Damon and I saw at the Ribs Institute, remember the 917 PA? Yep. That's what he worked on. Now, how and, old uh, was so Alwyn cool. at this point when he's working for Vasek? Oh, I'm going to say he's got to be in his 20s. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine that. You're, no, you're at uh, like the groundbreaking of, of Porsche into the United States, working for essentially the best race team that existed well, in, the, well, in the U.S. Well, see, this is where it becomes interesting. Um, it was a very shoestring budget. It mm -hmm. wasn't, um, this wasn't a factory team, um, you know, because John Wire was the uh, factory team. And so uh, Vashek was doing everything on a shoestring budget, buying used parts, buying parts that uh, basically people throw away. Mm -hmm. So Alwyn had to make this work. In fact, Alwyn got hired in the book. It describes uh, he goes to apply. And so they tell him, uh, Vashek tells him, the test is you have to build one good working engine from three bad four cam Furman engines. Right. Oh, wow. And uh, he, uh, he doesn't know anything about these four cams. He's never worked <laughs> on them. So he put... Uh, one of the mechanics gives him a book, and he starts reading about it, and he builds one working engine out of the three bad ones. 
and uh, he passed. Yeah, I wonder the test. what happened to the other two, uh, two bad ones. Probably back then, I would be surprised they threw it away. <laughs> yeah, you know, who yeah. knew who knew it was going to be worth anything? Yeah, uh, but it's amazing how he adapted to a shoestring budget to make things work mm-hmm. and uh, and to compete against. He talks about uh, you know going against Roger Penske and Mark Donahue and. You know, they they had to struggle. It wasn't like a new set of tires to solve the problem. They had to work with what they had. Anyways, it goes through. Um, you know, like you said, when he uh, he starts Andal and uh, with uh, uh, his two other coworkers from Vashik Polak, and they become really big because every car that has an Andal built engine is winning. Right. So everybody wants them to build their engines, and it, you know, every the chapters are like a few pages, and it's a very easy read. And I found myself, uh, I read it. Half of them in one night. You're like kidding. 200 some pages. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was, wow. I thought this could be a Netflix uh, mini drama because you want to keep on reading to see what happens next. So, uh, what's the ha- picture to text ratio? Um, I would bet you maybe uh, 40% picture, 60% text. Okay. okay. Uh, and there's a lot of pictures I haven't seen because I guess uh-huh. they came from his personal collection. Oh, nice. And so, what I'm really looking forward to getting to is, and hopefully today, later today, I'll, uh, i read some more, is the 92 Carrera Cup, USA oh, sure. Cup. Remember, Andal yeah. converted all, and, and there's so many urban legends about right. these cars. Wait, what <laughs> really happened? I was yeah. all set for it when we did Tech Tactics uh, Live. I was going to really ask him, <laughs> right. like, like, lay it on the line, tell us exactly what really happened with these cars. Were any of them not converted? You know, blah, blah, blah. Put the story uh, to bed. Yeah, so he's looking forward to coming <laughs> back. He was bummed that he couldn't mm. uh, make He was surprised I read so much of the book. I was planning to bring it on the airplane with me because I had to go to California for a rent sports site visit uh, on Monday and Tuesday. And I hemmed and hauled where I should pick the book because I'm like, I'm going to be on an airplane for seven hours each way. It'd be a great opportunity yeah. to finish yeah. reading, but it, it, Bob, the book's right next to Bob. There, it's a big book. <laughs> it's a big book, and it's not the easiest thing to handle on an airplane. Good lord! So yeah. I decided yeah. I don't. I didn't want to damage the book by bringing it in my backpack. So I said I'll finish reading it when I uh, when I get home. Uh, but uh, that's that's a little daunting. But I'd like the uh, sixty forty ratio. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's uh, it's nine hundred and thirty. Uh, excuse me, 963 copies. Because I think the 963 is going to be the last race car he has his hands on, if you will. Right. And uh, so they're all numbered. Um, it's a beautiful book. Um, and, uh, you know, if you Google the Alwyn Springer uh, racing portion of North America, it'll take you right to the site in Germany that uh, you can order it from. And uh, I think it's almost about half sold out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But if, if you want a book that uh, – if you're a big Porsche fan and you have it and you think, well, I've read all the Porsche history books, you're probably going to learn a lot of stuff about this. But at least I did. I, I, I think the only story I had heard uh, when I read was the one where uh, Preston Hen gets uh, um, A.J. Foyt to drive in the 24 hours. The um, They were driving a Moby Dick mm-hmm. version of the 935. Right. And Bob Wallach was like the star on the team. And uh, A.J. Foyt's driving a... Uh, an Aston Martin Nimrod. That's what I read. <laughs> like, that's what they were called? That's yeah. what they it said. Oh, it, so uh, if I read that right, so I just said yeah. Nimrod. Anyways. Uh, the, that's it, a bad name, the, I got to say. Aston <laughs> Martin breaks down. And so Preston Hen says, AJ, come drive our car. And Wallach evidently has, he just had a, has a cow. Yeah. He can't, he, he's like, who's this AJ Foyt? And when he finds out what he drives, you know, IndyCar and American cars, he's right. like, there's no way. He's never driven this kind of car. 
And uh, but Preston Hens, the owner of the car, and he gets in, and uh, AJ starts turning laps faster than anyone. Right, and yeah. suddenly him and Bob become best of friends. He said <laughs> of in course. this race, they were hanging out like they were lifelong pals, right? Because uh, Bob got to see AJ was a legit racer, anyway. But there's great stories in that book, um, uh, that uh, it makes me excited for Ren Sport. Um, well, and to see Alan on the East Coast, so he, he can't come here fast enough. Yeah. Yes, yes. I told him he has a lot of fans and people that uh, want to pick his brains. And he, he was he, he was coughing and saying, well, you can ask me anything you want. <laughs> I said, no, I'm going to hold it for the, uh, no. po- for the podcast and for the uh, Tech Tactics Live because I don't want you to answer it and then uh, forget to tell me the story or think we already discussed it. We'll uh, – We'll we'll, uh, we'll hold off, and I said I got to finish reading the book, so I got all these little white pieces of paper, in throughout the book that I've got bookmarked. Oh, okay. with questions and uh, things that uh, I uh, because you know uh, the nine sixty two. In my eyes, I thought Porsche made the nine sixty two. You picked it up, and you pretty much went racing with it and won. Right. Mm. It was uh, Andal did a whole lot to this car to make it competitive in the U.S. I mean, they uh, they really fixed a lot. That um, yeah, I can't wait to read the book. Yeah, I mean, you're, and, you're and taunting has, me now. He has all so. the notes. He said so. He went to he, they sent him to Germany to learn to build the 917 motor, and he took all the notes and kept them. And he said so. Fast forward at Porsche Cars North America or Porsche Motorsports North America, they are. Um, taking care of 917s now. Right. And this is like a few years back. And uh, him and Eric uh, Bloss, I think, uh, who used to work for Andal too, but works for P- uh, PM&A, um, he pulled out his notes and he goes, it all came back. All the notes oh about you know, setting the timing and the yeah. cam and all this on the 917 motor. He I goes, mean, Alan's mind is, even to today, as sharp as it was back then, he's amazing. I asked him, I said, how can you remember? How did you remember all these stories? <laughs> because if somebody said, "Hey, we're going to write your life history," right? Uh, and I, I, you think you can remember all these stories? <laughs> and he said, uh, "There's a website." He says with all the results of every race, RacingSportsCars.com. Is that what it is? Yeah, he I'm said sure. something, uh, and I couldn't remember the website. Maybe that's it. Yeah, that's it's where it. I go for everything sports car. RacingSportsCars.com. I have to look at it. Yep. But he said he would pull up the races. And then it would come back. And then it would all yeah. come back to him. The yep. finishing order, the names, and then he would remember stories about what happened. Right. Yeah, about, I can't even like, remember what dinner was last night. So it's <laughs> kind of like. <laughs> right. But yeah, I was I was impressed. He was, I was very, uh, I, and I think he was impressed that I actually read the book because, you know, I'm sure people say they read the book, but they flip through certain things. Right. But I had very detailed questions about the different chapters of. Uh, when, when can the uh, audience look forward to having him? You're not supposed to ask that because we don't know. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't know. I, I didn't ask that question. Sorry about <laughs> Come that. Come on, Bob. <laughs> First time on a radio Damn it. show. <laughs> uh, as soon as we know, uh, we'll put it back up on YouTube. And uh, yeah. And, and of course, Alwyn's the uh, co, uh, co-grand co marshal, him and Patrick Long of Rensport 7. Right. Which I think is very well deserved, especially after reading this book. Um, for people who don't know who he is, you may know Patrick. Uh, they definitely got to realize what he's done for Porsche and North America and, and racing. It's uh, well, and, and Alan was right standing behind Patrick with everything Patrick did for Porsche. Yeah, it, it was uh, amazing. But you know, Andal was like, if your I remember in the uh, '80s, if your car was, uh, you had an Andal motor, that was pretty legit. I mean, you had a really hopped up, reliable right. engine. 
And uh, could you just go to Andile, you know, with your 911 Carrera yeah. and have you could, yeah, or Turbo, yeah, or Turbo, or Turbo. Or... yeah, they, uh, yeah, basically, they owned like two buildings, uh, they. They grew so much, they ended up buying this building like across the business park from them. And one was strictly racing, one was for streetcar. Mm. They had a whole parts business. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, and they had uh, two dinos, I think, mm. engine dinos. And yeah. um, you can see how it was relatively easy to take on dial and convert directly to Porsche Motorsport, just become yeah, Porsche Motorsport. They were servicing all the race cars yeah, already, exactly. and they were winning. Right. That, uh, I mean, they listed like all the teams they were servicing that. So, at the, in the beginning, they would go to these races on their own nickel to help support their teams. And then right. as money started coming in, the, they he said, you know, he remembered when he, they actually stayed at a nice hotel because for the longest time, it was him in a van sometimes just sleeping in the van. Right. And then the driver of the car, that was it. Yeah, people don't realize what some of these people went through to get no, to no. where they ultimately yeah. ended up. It's not like uh, Drive to Survive where they're all right. staying yeah. in these <laughs> chalets. It's... um. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, and usually that means sleeping in a van at the racetrack. So, uh, what did we do last week? Do you know anything anything interesting, Damon? I was so focused on finishing the poor scoring video I series that, that um, I don't think much of the office heard from me. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, I was working just to you know tidy up some last little bits and details because we know you viewers. We'll call us out if we get any little thing wrong, and bore scoring is a super important subject, and we didn't want to get anything wrong, cross our T's, dot our I's, um, and that's what I was doing. So um, by now, this series has been out for a week or so, hopefully if you watched it, or if you know somebody who's interested in buying one of these 1999 to 08 911s, Boxers, Caymans, it's a great series to watch. It's probably necessary uh, if you want to avoid some heartache down the road it's incredible that subject yeah it is Bore scoring it just never seems to run out of information that we're finding yeah. out about what's going on why yeah. how to fix it how to mitigate it yeah and damon did a great job of doing a four-part four-part series um that uh, is easy to watch uh what are they 15 18 minutes yeah they're I think, about uh, 20 minutes each the first one is you know what is bore scoring in a history mm -hmm. of porsche uh, aluminum blocks, really alusil and Locasil, and how they're different, how they're similar. And um, if you only had to watch one video and just to get a general general knowledge of the subject, it would be that first video. And then probably the third video, which is how to prevent it or slow the progression, is the other really important video, especially if you own one of these cars. Um, but the, we go over block and surface geometries, such as how the block changes when you warm the car up or when it cools down and how warming a car up too quickly or too slowly is not great for the engine. Um, a lot of different reasons bore scoring happens. It's not just one thing. And, um, you know, it's want to make the, the point as well is if you have an engine that's got 250,000 miles on it and then it starts to score bores. <laughs> yeah, we're, let's put this out there. It's probably <laughs> that was the end of that engine's life. What we're talking right. about here in this series is if your engine has, you know, 50,000 miles, 100,000 miles, or even maybe 150, probably shouldn't be scoring yet. And here, here are ways you can help to prevent or that. Or if you're looking to buy a so, uh, used Porsche. Yeah. And how to. 
Well, and then also the knowledge of how to actually scope the engine to figure out. Yeah, that's a whole other subject too. Yeah, yeah, because nine out of ten shops will just go right through the spark plug opening. Yeah, and that's just the top of the piston and cylinder. Mm -hmm. And so what I think it was, um, Mr. Lake. Uh, had said it really starts at the bottom. Starts at the bottom so you've first. Got to go through the sump. Yep, yeah. yep. If you see it through the spark plug hole, it maybe it's not totally done, but it's it's been <laughs> doing that for a while. Right. Yeah. Too late. So it's right. too late to fix it, you yeah. know, or, or prevent it from happening. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, it's just a lot of in- misinformation out there. You know, uh, I would probably almost say forget anything, almost everything you've heard anywhere on the internet. Watch the video and you'll be knowledgeable because I've, I saw a, a really great video by another YouTube channel on the 9871 Cayman and um, they didn't get the poor scoring part right. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking we just released this video. If only they had watched it, maybe. But uh, but yeah, watch the video if you like these cars. Yeah, so that's, a, like I said, a four-part series. And uh, uh, I know Damon worked really hard um, that weekend. Uh, I was supposed to go to that, but then... Um, we got an invite to the 963 testing, so mm-hmm. they want to be there. And then Damon and Vu went to Chicago. And, um, yeah, we we, uh, we based this on uh, – so uh, Damon and Vu did the IMS video a couple a years back. Ago, and that yeah. was uh, very well received. So this is like the uh, part two, the yeah. other issue or concern uh, with this engine. So you taunted us a little bit. Tell, yes. tell the audience 963 in case they don't know what that is oh they should it's a 963 it's the factory I, lamar car i get you. which we're still waiting for uh, uh a win right that, yeah it'll be coming uh, i think that'll come that yeah. is uh so close last at the super sebring race right or the uh imsa race but just but not quite if you look at the history of porsche um rarely do they have a race car out of the box winning on the first race mm-hmm. right um, you remember when we were filming um down at revs institute with brian redmond um, the first year of the 969, the 917 in 69, uh, Redmond was supposed to drive a 917 at Spa. And because they were unreliable and they weren't winning, he took the 908 uh, long tail because that was reliable. And uh, he pulls rank. And Porsche says, no, 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 we want you to drive the 917. He says, no, he goes, I'm going to drive the 908. And he ends up winning. It's Bobby with the 908 because yep. the 917 breaks. Right. Um, so, uh, but the next year they figured it out. So, um, the fact that at Sebring they almost won, I, I was very happy because somebody said, Oh, you must have been really disappointed. I said, No, I said, I was really happy that yeah. 20 minutes ago and they were leading the race first and third. Uh, that was, uh, that was much more than I would expect, especially after Daytona. Yeah. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we got a lot of stuff on our website uh, about the uh, 963 uh, coverage. And, and I think, uh, is it this month's pano? Or we do the Daytona article, maybe last month's panorama. We oh, got man, it's all blending got, together yeah, right now. We got a breakdown of the uh, 963 and uh, what it is. and yeah, um, What was it like being old? there, uh, you know, during the testing and things like that? It, what was this? Your... You just got to see everything. Feel, I mean, what, yeah, what's there's it only like? like eight cars, ten cars, maybe uh, testing. So it's very laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to talk with the drivers and engineers, and everyone was worried about reliability, mm-hmm. and not the mechanical reliability. It was all software reliability, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I think they obviously got a lot better with uh, at Sebring. Um, but when I you know, read Nalwin's book, it's the same issue they had with the 962, with the 934, 
935, mm-hmm. all stuff that uh, even though the guys at White Sox produce something, at the real world race testing is uh, is a lot different. And, uh, you know, the 962, it took them a lot to figure that out in the beginning to get it to where it was a uh, just an absolute monster where they were the first 10 places in any race was a 962. Right. So, um, yeah, hopefully that'll come. It'd be great that they do they win Le Mans because it's the 100th anniversary of Le Mans, it's 75 years of Porsche. It would be a great, uh, you know, storybook ending. But the 919 didn't win the first year at Le Mans. So. Yeah. So what did you do over the weekend last week? Well, uh, Bob here uh, sent out an email to some folks and said, hey, you want to come over to the shop and uh, we can drive, test drive some cars? Hey, where was my email? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I knew you were working so hard, yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't no, want to disrupt anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a we had an interesting opportunity. We, um, I had brought in a 1992 964 Carrera RS, and uh, the guy was coming up. Actually, he picked it up yesterday. And so before we deliver a car, I always drive it and test it and all that kind of stuff in, you know, multiple different situations. And this was the culmination of the testing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing left was, you know, the, the steering wheel was a little off to the right. We had set tire pressure, pressures and checked everything. The car was fabulous. So I sent out to a couple guys and I said, hey, listen, we've got a couple of cars that you all can drive. From a 1964 C cab, bouncing up to a 1968 911L that's been a, a feature uh, up on YouTube and Instagram yeah. for PCA. Yeah. And then um, we could have driven a um, uh, RS America, uh, but we didn't. And so I threw in a 73T, all original, and then the King of the Hill, the 92 Carrera RS. Nice. Um, Against my better judgment, I invited Manny, and uh, we had four guys, four cars, and it, it actually was a beautiful day nice. um, on a Sunday. And you know, what'd you think? I had a blast. <clears throat> I think the uh, '68 is 130 horsepower. Um, I think stock, but that one's bumped to a two-four. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. That thing gets out of its way. That's for sure. Um, hmm. It's probably 165, 170. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, it, uh, <laughs> and I think Robert has pictures of. I took some pictures of. Uh, it has those Talbot mirrors. I think they're called on yes. the fenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh my god. You can't see anything <laughs> through those. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's like looking for a peephole. Right. <laughs> As far as I was thinking, who in the world thought this was a good idea? So this uh, is the same orange uh, 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah, yeah. you and, know, you've, I'm sure you've seen all yeah. these every time they put them on the fenders, those yeah. Talbot mirrors. They look great. Oh. They look great. Yeah, but oh my god, <laughs> probably probably takes three hours to actually dial them in because, yeah. especially if you're doing it by yourself, you're sitting there and you have a, a field of vision that's you know maybe this big. Yeah. You're, you're trying to figure out yeah, it is. where in God's name is this thing pointing? Yeah. And then somebody goes up, hey, these are cool mirrors. No, right. don't touch Doink. it. No. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I decided I'm going to look over my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all did. I gave up. So. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, um, it was fun going from that to the, uh, to the RS uh, right. as far as uh, uh, evolution. It was, um, yeah, and that was the goal. I wanted to move people from a 356C chassis, which is sort of mm-hmm. the, the last iteration of the 356, into the last iteration of the short wheelbase, which was the 911L, 
bouncing up to a long wheelbase, which was my 73T, and then jumping literally 20 years mm -hmm. and then saying, okay, what's the 964 Carrera RS like? Mm -hmm. And so uh, Manny's done a one-mile review in the past, so he knows that chassis. Um, but it was an interesting way to, you know, get a, a taste test, if you will, yeah, all, all the way through. Once. Yeah, it didn't seem as uh, l loose or um, when we drove Richard's uh, one at uh, Parade. Mm -hmm. To me, it seemed to have uh, a twinge of under oversteer. So yeah, it felt loose, and it gave you like this uh, yikes, yikes, you know, going around corners. Uh, where yours was uh, a little bit more was more dialed in with understeer. Uh, which what I like because it's similar mm -hmm. to my uh, race car, 964 race car, which gives, of course, a lot of confidence. Right. Um, when we send a car out, my goal is to set it up so that the world can drive it. Yeah. Not just, mm -hmm. you know, like Manny used to race in club racing. I raced a bit uh, in World Challenge. And so you don't set it up for a race car driver. It's mm -hmm. it's not, it's just not a good drivable car for anybody. Yeah. And so if you can have a little bit of high speed understeer, that's an easy car to drive. Um, but yeah, that was the goal was to make it super, um, relaxed when you're driving that yeah, car. When you feel a little oversteer and it's not your car <laughs> and it's worth a lot of money, right. yeah, uh, you'd end up uh, lifting really early sometimes right. because you're like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to have the tail come out on me, uh, and wreck this car. That's not mine. So, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was, that was a blast to drive. I love the steering wheel and the whole time I'm thinking I got to get this steering wheel for my car. It doesn't have an airbag, but wow, it's uh, had a it just felt thicker, it's real thick, and yeah. it's in the uh, smaller diameter, right? Than uh, well, in the Carrera RS, as you know, uh, has no power steering, yep. So, Porsche did quite a bit to figure out all right, what's the size of this radius that still works, gives you enough leverage without being too big, and then you're working too hard with a real small handle yep. or a wheel. Uh, so, they they got it right, it's perfect. Uh, 68 yep. had the Big wooden bus <laughs> yeah. steering wheel right. that uh, yeah. uh, we run around and went that one hairpin, and uh, you know I, I turned like this and I realized I didn't have nearly <laughs> amount of steering I needed right. and I had to reach over and I felt like I was steering the bus around yep. the. Uh, well, the meanwhile, hairpin. you're looking out your Talbot mirrors at at what whatever's coming from the wildlife around because you can't see a darn thing. You can't even see a full car in that mirror. You can see like part of the car, right? Yeah, that's. I had to take pictures of it because I was like, "Wow, this thing is terrible for any kind of a." Uh, as many cars as I've seen with these mirrors on it, yeah, it's. Uh, I've never driven a nine six four with the uh, small, um, you know, those mirrors that attach almost to the uh, the arrow mirrors, oh, or whatever. Yeah, the arrow like mirrors. a lightweight, yeah. a C four lightweight. Because yeah. you you the drove blob. No, yeah, I never you drove your lightweight. Oh, I thought you had. Yeah. Oh, I was I'm, waiting for the invite. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> now it's gone. <laughs> oh, well. You got to buy another one. Oops. <laughs> yeah, those were terrible mirrors. I mean, literally. It, they look like it. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, first of all, they're almost non-adjustable. And then they've got even smaller field of vision than those little Talbots. Because yeah, they're just, so close to the body. Yeah. Right? Crazy. So, yeah. 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 It's That's the kind of thing that uh, looks cool. Right. But uh, you say to yourself, yeah, I'm not going to get that because I plan on driving my car and I don't want to. Hit somebody because I didn't see them because I wanted these cool mirrors. Right, you know? right. And they used that in racing, didn't they? Oh well, if those cars were raced, I mean. They but I've seen that. I saw that on. Um, was it the Brumos car? They had that on there. I thought I've seen it on some IMSA cars. Uh, I've never I, paid close you know, enough I attention. Don't know. No, I don't know. 
Maybe they don't, they don't look in their mirrors as much. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Alwyn Springer would say everything in front of you is your competition. Right. Everything behind you is irrelevant. Exactly. But anyway, so, that, that, was a, that was a blast. Uh, so uh, what's the difference between short wheelbase and long wheelbase when you are driving them back to back? Uh, well, the uh, I guess the short wheelbase, um, and I've driven short wheelbase, uh, depending on how, in slow corners or like an autocross, they're awesome because they're very nimble. Yeah. And they're easy to uh, to toss around, mm-hmm. and they're really easy if you're trying on purpose to get the rear end to come out on you. Mm-hmm. Right, they're and, twitchy. And, yeah, much they're twitchy, twitchy like your a, car. Yes, they're like yeah. a good twitchy because you can bring it right back in. And we're talking less than two hundred horsepower, so yeah, it's not going to scare the uh, heck out of you. Um, yeah, you're you're not throwing it around with throttle. You're throwing it around with weight transfer, moving yeah. the car around. The, the car will will twitch, rotate, move much. In relative terms, much quicker than a long wheelbase, and that's okay. what Porsche was was trying. They're to going do. for yeah. Yeah, they were they were trying to minimize, limit, reduce whatever the the inherent oversteer in that chassis. Yeah. So if you're just cruising, you know, uh, going maybe five ten over the speed limit on a back road, would you be able to tell, or do you have to be driving a little bit harder? No, no, you don't. You can't tell anything until you're under load. Under load, really? Right. Okay. Right. I mean, yeah. you you feel. I mean, so much of a car is set up anyway, but mm-hmm. you you feel you know the the car's willingness to move, mm-hmm. but you're not going to feel anything. Oh my goodness, gotcha. you know, going around highway at seventy miles an hour. Oh, way too <laughs> way too much on oversteer. No, yeah. you, you don't feel that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, so compare, it. Manny. Go ahead and compare because uh, you know it's an interesting opportunity. But what's what was your sense between short, long wheelbase? They're all basically the same, and then that. Nine six four. It was so hard to compare because you're. Uh, I mean, the uh, sixty eight was carbureted, right? And uh, it seemed to have a very flat spot. Those happy spots seemed to be about three thousand thirty six hundred, maybe. And then it seemed to almost flat spot after that, and mm-hmm. it wasn't like willing to pull. I mean, it was pulling, but it just didn't have. Where the RS, it just kept on. The, the power kept on coming and coming and coming as you were taking it up to seven thousand, right? Um. Uh, and I, I don't know if that was because of the carburetors or the way the engine. At the time, I didn't realize it was a two four. Um, the the RS is uh, it's for air cold. I, I would think that's got to be the hierarchy uh, as far as uh, it, you know. There's there's a whole group out there that that loves the nine six four chassis, and then there's a whole group that loves the nine nine three chassis. Um, but I'm not sure they're in love with the chassis itself or the suspension differences i mean you and i know there's a huge difference in the 993 with that five link system in the back yeah. what is it semi-trailing arm for the 964 mm-hmm. yeah. yep and, and and if you don't have the 993 if you don't have someone who knows what you're doing setting up the suspension on the 993 right. they can really make it handle really like a nightmare yeah. and give you a, a bad impression of what the 993 is if if you go to it's your shop, it's hard to mess up a nine six four it, rear true. suspension. If you go to your shop and you say you set up my nine nine three, and they don't know what the words kinematic toe mean, yeah, you probably should go to a different, different shop. shop. Yeah. yeah. So, um, especially I mean, if you're lowering the car. Oh, it's yeah. it becomes increasingly um, you know pertinent as the car drops in in height. Oh wow. Yeah. So don't do it as you're learning on your jack stands and string alignment system in your garage. Right. But the 993 is is very sophisticated in yeah. comparison. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Nine, 964 is sort of the last of that 
essential that basic chassis suspension setup and then the 993 they said all right we're going to do some real different things yeah and that's what they've done ever since right <clears throat> multi-link for all 911s and that's what separates a 911 really from a boxer and a cayman right is you yeah. know their struts all around and the, the 911's got the the multi-link but the cool thing is is um so it, it to give you a sense it's it's high 50s that day and um we had a nine, uh, 1964 C cab, oh. and I said, all right, everybody um, put the top up or top down? Everyone said, top down. Yeah. So, you know, full heat, windows up, all that kind of stuff. But here's the beginning of Porsche, you know, mm -hmm. what, what led to all this. And still, from 1964, that car is very capable. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, it whips along the highway. You can sit there, and I won't say a number, but whatever that number is, you can easily do it out on the highway. Yeah. Um, you, you can know. cruise any interstate and keep up with traffic. Yeah, you're easily. Not, you're not like driving a Beetle where you're stuck on the right side because you're at yeah. top speed at 64 miles an hour and you're yeah. holding with the grip of death. Yeah. You could easily keep <laughs> up with traffic. Grip of death. I love that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. It was uh, sure. especially from Saturday being crappy weather. We missed cars and coffee. To, uh, we Sunday need our too. fix. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Even though we're we're here at PCA the whole week, it's still <laughs> nice to get out there and, and drive to cars. Yep. Um, so I was. Uh, uh, I've been. I'm working on like three hours of sleep because I got in at two in the morning um, from California. We did a whirlwind trip out to uh, to Laguna Seca for a site visit with Porsche. They had the whole core team there, um, and I was very curious about this pedestrian bridge. Uh, someone had told me they were done, and I'm like, there's no way they can be done. That is a huge project, and they're not. Whoever told me, they, were, they must have been confused of what I was referring to. They were um, done with the planning phase. Maybe, right? uh, yeah. maybe the model <laughs> or, of or the... Or digging uh, the, the ditch, right? Uh, they were doing a lot of work all around the trek. I mean, everywhere you looked. And this is for Rensport, it almost sounds like. Well, uh, for Rensport, and their, so their first, um, I think their first spectator event is at the end of April. Hmm. And, but and they're I, not heard, and I was that. told that mm -hmm. uh, they're not going to have the bridge ready until just before Rensport. Mm -hmm. um, but the other parts, you can and I have some pictures for those watching on YouTube. You can see um, there's a lot of construction vehicles on the track itself, and there was around the track. Um, mm. It's uh, it sort of sort of all the folks were from Rensport uh, planning were there, and they were actually it was like a, a four day visit. Uh, we were just there uh, for half a day uh, for the PCA part because um, Melanie and I had to get back because as we're recording this podcast, they're getting ready for phase two registration. Mm. Um, so uh, we uh, didn't stay for the uh, whole thing, which really didn't involve PCA. Um, if you've never been to a racetrack in your life, this is probably the quintessential racetrack, uh, yeah. almost in, in the United States, you know, North, uh, North America. Um, you're, you're in the, the heart of gorgeous Monterey. Um, this track itself from a driver's standpoint is, is amazing to drive. Um, beautiful, beautiful, uh, views from, you know, different parts of the track where you can see all kinds of racing action. And then at night you say, what a great day. And you go down into Carmel and, and amazing restaurants and incredible metal and cars that are usually usually you know just trolling the streets um it, it, incredible facility amazing yeah. facility it, it's rare to have a racetrack uh 
I know I'm saying amazing. Right but, next to yeah. no, it's it really yeah. is amazing, yeah. right? It's, it's rare to have a racetrack just right next to such great amenities. You know, like some of the great racetracks uh, yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. or. I mean, Indianapolis, oh boy. Uh, Before somebody <laughs> comments and says, well, they should move it to the East Coast, uh, the issue really is uh, that it's more than just a racetrack they're picking. Uh, it's part of their lifestyle they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And boy, like Bob said, it is hard to beat, hard to beat uh, Laguna um, because I, I always tell people, uh, when I tell my wife we're going, I'm going out to Rensport, and she asks where it's at. And if I say Laguna, she says I'm coming. Right. If I say Daytona, she says when are you coming back? Right. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know she's not a race fan, uh, but for her there's Big Sur, there's Carmel, San Francisco, uh, there's so yeah. much to do. The wine country uh, around it's, there. Yeah. This uh, isn't a plug for California, yeah. by the way. No, so. no, but it's just yeah, uh, it's, I love California, and of course the weather. Right. The oh. weather's uh, the chance of rain is is, is minimal compared to uh, East Coast or a lot of other parts of the country. The only place uh, I can think, Manny, you you tell me, but the only place that might be able to give a little bit of that type of flavor would be Road Atlanta, only because you're near Atlanta. No, I, I don't. I don't. No. no. So the the where, track itself I mean, is where pretty else, far. What I mean is, if you're moving to the East Coast, where would you put it? Uh, because well. Think about ten minutes from Laguna, and, and oh. there's wineries. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, I think about all the places that uh, people houses they rent. Right, and uh, there's know. nothing like it. So. No, it's... all right, that's it. We're leaving it. I would argue Road America for <laughs> for Rensport one of these days. I would love to see it at Road America. But the problem with Road America is they don't have the facilities and mm-hmm. support yeah. close by. Yeah, there's nothing close yeah, by unless that's a very different feeling. And the little town, agree. little town gets mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Yeah, and most the uh, foreign drivers when they come to the Porsche plots and they're always asked the factory drivers. Um, you know, what's your favorite track in the U.S.? And uh, it's almost 100% say Road America because it reminds, reminds of them of the Nürburgring because mm-hmm. uh, there's so much green and trees and whatnot. Uh, but once again, the, uh, when you were expecting 100,000 people for four days. Yeah, forget you know, it. Is. And once again, it, you got to have something for the uh, other half of your life that maybe not be a car person or a Porsche person and they want to do something else. It's got to have that kind of entertainment. Um yeah. So uh, I'm not complaining that they're doing it, Laguna. It's um, it's going to be a lot of fun. The track is uh, doing. Uh, they were they're all in. Uh, they were at the meeting too. We had about like 50 people at the meeting. Yeah, um, that's a lot of and breaking thoughts. into three and three uh, working groups, and uh, we're we're almost finished uh, figuring out the corrals where we're going to park all these cars. I think it's a little over 1,700 Porsches more than ever. They've paved a lot more spots. Um, I can guarantee there'll pe- be people that won't be happy because they're not parked right in front of the, uh, what they're calling the Porsche plots. We used to call Cayman Island. Uh, but obviously we can't park 1700 cars all in front of the Porsche plots. It's just, mm. not, it's impossible. The fact that you're parking inside of the track is a huge plus mm-hmm. versus outside of the track. Um, but, uh, you know, um, it is what it is. Uh, there'll be uh, disappointed people that their 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 corral group wasn't parked uh, as close as they wanted to. Um, the parade laps are going to be done first thing in the morning, so uh, it'll be tough for you, Bob, because <laughs> you probably got to be there. Like at, uh, I'm guessing, maybe seven, maybe earlier. Oh Lord! Um, yeah. <laughs> but the good news is, uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear what you said. So. We're all done. We're all done before the first car hits the racetrack, which means we don't have to worry about delays. When you're doing when you're doing it at lunch, 
if there was a serious accident and they had to clean up the track, then they take that time away from parade laps. Here's the funny thing about Laguna. You may get a delay because of fog. fog. Yep. I think they can still let parade laps. Maybe racing they can't. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, racing you got to see corner to corner. Yeah, you had to see corner yeah. to corner, and, and we've been delayed many times. You couldn't. Yeah. You literally couldn't see 100 yards. Maybe they'll let us yeah. see more parade laps. But the, <laughs> right. the, the corner workers usually aren't out uh, for parade laps. They're eating lunch or, uh, you know, take, right. so the idea is they're parade laps, not qualifying laps for people watching. <laughs> All uh, right, Ed, so as the ex-PCA uh, national president, now working for PCA, um, you know, the the club itself what are you going to drive for the parade laps uh well we're gonna have a rental car <laughs> what say. no yeah, southwest doesn't let you bring cars on board <laughs> they have pretty strict size for overhead uh, compartments yeah um actually last time we were so busy that we got the wave to everyone leaving uh-huh. um ideally and and i i usually tell people this i say um you know walk up and down the um line of parade cards and start talking to people that are solo right and uh odds are they may let you ride shotgun with Can them I jump in and i used to do that at all the tracks i would pick my favorite car and start talking to the person and say hey do you mind if i run shotgun in the parade lap and i never had anybody say no and they're like yeah sure go ahead and that's, uh, that's nice. good advice the best was yep. in uh, coda um i i saw 996 gt2 i'm like oh this is my favorite one of my favorite cars yeah so i started talking to them about it and um and I asked him, can I ride along? He's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Turns out it was Paul Walker's ex-car. Oh, my god. Paul gosh. Walker and Roger uh, Rodas. Rodas, Rodas yeah. yeah. He was telling me, he goes, he let him buy it knowing that. He said it wasn't until I got the car at an auction. He said, um, I was trying to clear out the numbers inside the uh, like infotainment center. Right. Paul's and he goes, home. just for fun, I Googled the <laughs> number to see who it belongs to. And it comes back this company. So I looked up the company, and that was Roger and Paul's. Like LLC, <laughs> he had to keep all the cars under. Wow! Yeah. And as he did more research, he found out this was their car. Yeah. The nine nine six GT two. So mm. that was a pretty cool story. But yeah, so for parade laps, uh, um, if you've never been to Laguna, uh, that's a good way to uh, to get a ride. Usually, uh, they do a, several, a few laps. Uh, I think it's twenty minutes we have, and it takes about uh, six or seven minutes to get all the cars on the track. It'll be one hundred and twenty five cars. Wow! Yeah. Okay. So it's. Uh, but what's really cool about doing a parade lap and a spectator event like this is uh, seeing all the all the spectators and and the stands and seeing all the action. Because normally when you're doing a driver's ed, it's just you and the corner workers and nobody else. Right. It's quiet. So when you start seeing all of this uh, action going on, um, so about a hundred thousand, hundred thousand people, you think? I, I predict they'll have. Um, okay. now the way they do math is they count over to four days. So you're looking okay, twenty five thousand a day. 000 a day. Yeah. Saturday's the big, the the, the busiest day. Uh, Thursday's the uh, lightest day, and then in, uh, the second busiest would be Friday, and then Saturday, excuse me, Sunday morning, around noon, half the people have left already. Oh. We are also talking about because uh, there's so many new people from uh, from Porsche that are um, involved with the rent sport, but we we're talking about the fact these people steal signs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we were told about that. Yeah. <laughs> we oh, like, yeah. 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 So we said, we got to, you got to put invisible places where there's eyes on them. So, you know, they won't be tempted to, uh, to steal them. I said, we said, but, uh, yeah, you got to secure them and, uh, people feel entitled that they can steal these, uh, these banners and signs. 
um, which is really tough when you got like directional arrows and stuff pointing people where certain <laughs> things are. They disappear. Uh, exactly. They right. disappear. Everybody's going in circles. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, we haven't heard who to, who to, who's going to be performing at the concert. Um, that'll be, uh, I'm excited to hear about that. And, uh, of course, we won't be able to reveal what car they're reve- they're uh, they're going to reveal at the um, at Rensport, but they always reveal a new car. Like the nine thirty five was a surprise to me uh, last time. I was a yeah. I remember when I showed up there, like, have you seen a nine thirty five? And I'm thinking I think we, they we have a pretty good idea yeah. of what'll what, probably what be 935? there. What nine thirty five? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you put two and two together. What's coming out in the next couple? If of you years, see right? the internet and all the spy photos of different cars, you can yeah. figure out uh, that what they may have there. Um, so yeah, it's, hmm. if you haven't bought tickets or found a place to stay or on the fence about coming out to run sport, uh, now's the time. Don't be, uh, you're going to regret it. And if you don't go, because you're, all your friends are going to be talking about what a great time they had. And, uh, I always, I don't regret not going to the first one. I just wish I knew what was going on. I didn't know. I didn't, I can't remember seeing advertising or anything about rent sport. Right. It was just in the lime rock. We could have gone up there. Until I started reading about it, and I thought, "Oh man, I would have I would have gone up here had I known about this." It was uh, like when Ferrari had that big get together at Daytona, and they brought the F one cars. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, how, "How did I not read about this? I would have made the trip down to see sure. all these Ferraris, sure. and that would have been cool. Incredible, yeah. incredible machines." But um, what do you what do you see showing up from Porsche factory? What do they? What do you think they're going to bring over in terms of factory cars? Um, what aren't they going to bring over? Uh, okay, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's a better. It. Yeah, um, they're not going to from the museum itself. I don't think they bring over a whole lot. Okay, it's okay. collectors who bring cars over. Okay, yeah. Okay, so not as big of a presence as I, I'm thinking. Uh, well, they don't need to because the collectors have. They're already over here. Yeah, they have the cars. Yeah. Um, yeah, what a way to show showcase, yeah, know. you know, hey. I, I've always assumed that a lot of those cars, because there's so many and the the things that they put into their um what do they call it? The the historic walk in the, the paddock area where they have one of each, you know, cars. Yeah, so last time it was called a Chopard tent. The mm-hmm. Chopard tent. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think they're gonna have a different sponsor. I assume those were all factory cars, but no, no. No, mm-hmm. no. Okay. Remember the nine seventeen thirty? That's all a privately owned that was part of the Matt Rendell collection. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh and like the uh, they had nine seventeen ten that was Brumos, mm. yeah. A lot of these cars are private owners that um, that you know, Porsche is in contact with right mm. now. And uh, hopefully, as we get closer, we can announce like drivers that are coming. Yep. Um, and it's hard to say. Well, well, we'll announce special cars because there's so many oh, freaking special gosh, cars yeah. that it's hard to. Uh, I tell people, I go, you're just going to be overwhelmed at what to look at first. You're, you're going to walk by. A parking lot of 959s because you see a car you've never yeah. have only seen in books before and yeah. it's just uh yeah. go impo- for at least two days don't go for just one yeah, and at from least a, two from a spectator standpoint it's always a lot of fun when you walk up to one of these cars and then there's a whole write-up on the car mm-hmm. and you realize oh my gosh what i'm looking at yeah. you know I, I, i'll never see this and again. then someone like alvin springer will right. Walk right right behind you as you're looking at a 962 it's right. you can probably grab him and ask him some questions if yeah you there's people him. that uh, like valentin schaefer who was uh, yeah. basically mr turbo mm-hmm. uh, i didn't know who he was uh, right. like four three rent sports ago and he looked like a nice old man but uh you know i just had i just hadn't read that deep into into porsche history 
And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy was right in front of us. And he just kind of like, <laughs> like picked his brain and I didn't know. Because there's so many people like that at the, sure. at the event. And they're not like high maintenance, like, look at me. They just happen to be there standing in the, in the corner talking to people. And you don't realize right. this is who that is. You know, yep. it's, uh, Yeah. Did, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I walk right by two-thirds of these folks. And, and I, I don't have the knowledge, yeah. you know, of the past in in terms of the depth to say that was, oh my gosh, in 1965 or 1972 or whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you almost wish you had, uh, a docent. A docent to walk around with <laughs> right. you to say, or oh, no, a spotter's yeah. guide for all, <laughs> yeah, all the people. <laughs> I, that's why I like walking around with Manny because Manny's depth of knowledge spans, you know, 50, 60 years of Borsha. And yep. so he can say, you know who that is, and blah, blah, blah. And, yep. and you know, your eyes open up. It's incredible. That's why, we want, that's why we want to capture all these interviews at the PCA tent with these legends mm-hmm. right. on video so we can share it. And, um, you know, these guys aren't going to be for, around forever. And mm-hmm. I, I regret that we never did that with Bick Elford because he was oh. a treasure trove of stories. And I heard mm-hmm. him so many times at his different dinner speeches that he gave. And I could almost recite them for him. Uh, but we never, I can't remember ever seeing anyone captured on video. Hmm. That um, was a big loss. Yeah, yeah. So, so this time we, we plan on doing this, you know, uh, capturing all their, their stories, uh, while they're there and, uh, yeah, keeping it for an eternity. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's switch to, uh, some news and videos. We talked about Damon's, uh, four part series about, uh, force scoring. And that was a monumental effort. Um, for those who think that, uh, Coming out with videos is a, a simple uh, thing that Damon does. Uh, but uh, on a Friday afternoon, uh, he was working his butt off to get these things edited, yeah. and uh, had to have them. It had to be one after the other. No, no use in releasing them separately. So, yeah, and if you read the comments, they were very positive comments for people really thankful that uh, that uh, Vu was asking questions that every man mm-hmm. can understand. Yep. And uh, Lake and Charles uh, did a good job explaining it as best they could mm, to they the did. layman. And Mark uh, with that, the second video yeah. as well. The That's geometry of boar scoring. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're going to talk. I don't know if we're going to do a Tech Tactics Live with them to answer questions. Uh, we got to figure something out probably. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, this videos like this, um, they always produce more questions in the end. Uh, things that maybe we didn't even think about. So uh, it might be worth addressing that in a future episode or, or somehow on a PCA channel. Yeah, something with yeah. Uh, at least an hour. As probably an hour is not enough with all the questions that oh, people it's, it's, have. Uh, the further they got, the more questions come up. It's, yeah. you know, the detail and the level of their knowledge about scoring and, yeah. you know, the block movement and, yeah. you know, Vu coming up with the paint can analogy and, you know, so. <laughs> and, but uh, like Damon was in the beginning, it's not fear mongering. It's uh, just information educational. Sure. I, I own one of these cars. I have an uh, yep. 05 uh, Boxster S uh, where the original owner had the engine replaced in the first year because of IMS failure. Mm. And um, I don't lose sleep over the car. Mm. The car yeah. has 115,000 miles. I think the engine yeah. would have about 85,000. And you've got the 3.2 with the cast yeah. uh, iron. 3.2 S. So. And uh, I look at percentages and, you know, if it it's, happens, it's it happens. It's very low. It really yeah. is. I, I have a Metzger engine that I uh, 
spun a bearing on. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I right. missed a shift on another time. <laughs> so uh, these are mechanical things, and mechanical things break. Mm-hmm. They don't last forever. Like uh, Bob. Porsche people seem to focus in on the bad things about our cars, and really, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's so they can ask for a lower price when they're trying to buy it. You know, uh, hey, you know, has it had a Nikki's uh, cylinder sleeves put in? Oh no, we got a lop off ten thousand bucks. No. Um, this doesn't happen to all the cars, and it's not meant to be fear-mongering. It's just meant to – you should know about this. Every car has their quirks and things that don't go – you know, the, the pop-off valve you have to install on the old SCs, SCs I think, right. you yeah. know, and the, the, the head studs on the exhaust side oh, of the yeah. old turbos. Chain tensioners. And, yeah, uh, every car has its thing, and those have been solved probably decades ago now, and we're still yeah. figuring out new things that are going wrong with these – Newer yeah. cars, so and like you said earlier, if your car has two hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah, scoring a bore, you got your money out of it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Exactly. I always joke with my suburban. I think uh, we replaced the uh, maybe no, I think it was my Z three. We replaced the starter or something. It was two hundred thousand mm-hmm. original. Yeah, and I was like, I was so disappointed. It only lasted two hundred thousand miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> my my BMW now is two thirty eight. And uh, at this point, I'm like on overtime with that car. So sure. anything, any, every time it gets me to work, it's like a bonus that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, when you buy the car, that's going to last this long. Well, and people, yeah. people expect perfection out of Porsche. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, and again, as you said, Damon, the the level, the number, the percentages, it's very, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, we just focus on it more, right? Well, <laughs> it it's the bad, yeah. And so here's. Here's the ultimate extreme. It's two standard deviations off the norm, yep. but this can happen. Exactly. All right. So uh, in the news, I thought was interesting, and I, so I wrote an article about it, was uh, Porsche's coming out with their new uh, 2024 Cayenne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon just reviewed the uh, earlier this year, the uh, 2023. 2022, but still a 23, 23 sort of yeah. model. Yeah, uh, Cayenne. And um, Porsche being Porsche, they do everything evolution uh, but this is a pretty big update yep. uh, for uh, for the dashboard alone. Um, mm-hmm. It it, uh, it was like how many how many screens can we possibly fit in front of the driver and passenger? And they answered that question. Uh, so the uh, <laughs> the instrument pod right. is all digital now. And mm-hmm. I and and five years ago I would have been moaning that uh, bring the analog tachometer. Don't never get rid of it. Um, but I've driven the Taycan mm-hmm. and, and the fact that you can change the screens and everything. And the tack and the speedometer are so easy to read mm. that you really forget that they're not analog. Um, but this has a uh, – so the new, Cay- new Cayenne is going to have a uh, the curved screen, which uh, I believe, depending on how the car is equipped, it can have seven different viewpoints that you can change it to. Custom, You can have, actually have the five-gauge look if you want. You can have the simpler two-gauge. It, it, it's up to you how you customize the it. screen on the passenger yeah. side. And then you yeah. can watch TV. So the screen so. on the passenger side, you can watch, uh, you can stream it mm-hmm. while the car is moving. Mm-hmm. And it has a special uh, cover on it, like a, a, a screen cover mm-hmm. where the passenger, or excuse me, the driver can't see it. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know what this uh, does. There's a though. lot of stuff going on. And then in the center, <laughs> there's another screen, big screen, where all the um, you know, Siri controlled, you can uh, control, that's like Mission uh, Central. And when the car is parked, you can stream a video on there. Uh, real exciting news is that the um, HVAC controls now in the center are switches. Mm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. They listen. <laughs> and, yeah. and they have a real volume knob. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> not that, lot, some not people that like the little cylinder. Oh, I never really that. care for the cylinder. 
uh, yeah, I didn't the, like uh, that either. The gear selector is like a Taycan. And I can't tell you when I drove the Taycan, how many times I left it in gear and got out of the car. Because you're used to, like, you know, having a stick and moving it forward to park. Right. And there you just sit to pee. And he puts it in park. And uh, <laughs> first time I got into the Cayenne, it started rolling. Or not the Cayenne, the Taycan. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on with this thing? So I had to, like, mentally say, you got to remember to put, hit the P before you get out of the car. So you is know? that the next iteration? Yes. All, uh, all, the, all the cars are going to I think to they're that. all going. I saw a uh, spy shot of the uh, the, the Macan, mm-hmm. and that looks so similar to I the mean, Cayenne. even the 3 RS that you and I saw up at Tech Tactics, it has a lot of, mm-hmm. of this screen sort of layout. It's yeah. uh, the Porsche driving experience, or is that what it's mm-hmm. called? The, the subscription uh, thing? No, no. This is like a whole interactive thing they're calling it now. I think I thought it was called the driving experience, where it's um, how they set everything up. Yeah, and, everything's up to your right. particular taste. How you right. want it, since it's all digital, you can change gotcha. the screens and when you're when you're, everything's controlled for the steering wheel, so you can toggle through different things. Yeah, and, uh, it was easy to use. That's awesome. Right. Some cars, you know, we we do, we drive a lot of rental cars, so we yep. get to play with them. I was driving the Jeep, and wow! Oh yeah, <laughs> I would try to toggle what, through. What's going on? <laughs> and you're like you're like leading into the screen because it's small, <laughs> trying to read it as you're driving. <laughs> yep. It's uh, some people have some things to work out, so I'm excited that hopefully we can get a press car in here and uh, and play around with it. Yep. Um, I guess you heard that. Uh, obviously, we talked about this a few episodes ago. How Porsche had their uh, their annual report, and um, they talked about their big mission is twenty, and the twenty means twenty percent margin. Margin, yes. And so, uh, hey, guess what? They raise prices on yeah. everything, <laughs> and everyone's like totally shocked, right? That they raise prices, right. and I'm like, did you not read or see a report that Porsche needs to right. not needs to, but they? I, get, I think they one of the people most, already paying yeah. enough already. Well, they're one of the most profitable, you know, companies. That's why in the automotive yeah. world, and there's a reason. Yep. They're chasing those margins, but they have they did a uh, um, announce uh, several cars that they're discontinuing. Mm-hmm. They came which, in uh, kind of makes sense. Not yeah. the came the GT4 well, and the Spider and the Spider, and the Cayman chassis is going full electric, correct? Um, no, not right away. Is that is that in two they're years? They're going to yeah. Well, uh, it's a so M- Manny says he's heard that they're going to be doing electric and internal combustion side by side and i forgot to go look and try and fact check that i was under the impression that once it's electric it's only electric i thought oliver bluma said that i thought he said that for the macan and the cayenne but but that that, i didn't go check so i'm not going to make a statement here but they're already starting to to dwindle down the 718 line with internal combustion what you're not going to see is a whole lot of uh development of the uh, internal combustion engine right because there's not a whole lot left to no. develop although they said that a hundred years ago remember that yeah we're mm. we're te- you know packed out can't get any better I, yeah. I don't think a lot of engineers argue that yeah. uh, they've reached the limit on the internal combustion yeah. and that's why Porsche is focusing on aero right uh, because that's where they can do a lot of uh, yeah. changes and um, so no more gt4s no more no, gt4 they're still selling RS. the rs mm-hmm um and then, and then the style editions and then no more 718t okay so you get the base you get the s you and get the spiders the... going away but yeah we've all been seeing the spy shot of the, the spider rs okay which is the gt4 rs without, without a, top. A, a top yeah um, so it's not like they've canceled these cars altogether it's not yeah. like when ford ended the uh ford focus uh and just said no Poof, more st <laughs> and you know <laughs> right. and, and said that's it uh, this uh it's just um 
it makes sense. You know, you got the GT4 and GT4RS mm-hmm. price-wise. They're well, they're investing in these. I'm sure EV infrastructure to build these cars, and um, it's probably a lot of money. It's probably part of why they want those margins. Mm-hmm. Um, and why would they create those cars and then keep developing a car that's not going to be around anymore? I mean, uh, they don't probably want to sell you internal combustion engine 718s after 2025. They probably want you want, want to put you into an electric car, mm-hmm. which will charge more money for, work back all that infrastructure they paid for. Yeah, there's a. I was in the news, of course, so we uh, discussed it how the EU changed um, because of the mm-hmm. uh, e fuels. Uh, their their uh, the year they were going to ban um, uh, internal combustion engines. Um, I'm going to wait and see how these uh, biofuels uh, pan out, uh, but they have given an extended stay, if you will, yeah. of the execution of ice engines. Um, as long as yeah. the fuel is carbon neutral. Yeah. You know, it's amazing if you think about it. Imagine being Porsche and one year you have X, you know, restrictions, standards, and then the next year they say, poof, that's it. Yeah. We're going full electric by 2030. Make it up. Yep. And everyone's staring at each other going, you've got to be kidding yeah. me. And oh, but that's just this country. Right. This country right. isn't yet. They're going to do it four years later. Exactly. And then this country is going to do it seven years later. Yeah, it's and then oh, and then man. the administration changes and mm-hmm. they come back and they say change nah, your mind. <laughs> no, we we're gonna change our mind again. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta it's, be tough for an automaker. It's amazing. Mm. Especially when you figure out how far ahead they're planning these cars. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. that's probably why a lot of those European brands, you know, Peugeot, Renault, they they just said, you know, screw it, whatever. We're not gonna sell cars over in the US because it's too much work to uh, federalize them, mm-hmm. right? Well, especially for so, the little bit that they sell. Uh, yeah. yeah, that makes total sense. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's why Porsche didn't bring over a lot of cars, mm-hmm. you know, in the 90s because of uh, it wasn't worth it. And yeah. for the few they were selling, that they weren't going to make changes just to be able to sell a few and yeah. financially didn't So have you guys – here's a question off topic. Have you all had an electric car that, that someone gave you, a dealership, where you could live with it for a month? No. No. The Taycan, um, which I only drove, like, moved it from one parking location to another at Parade mm-hmm. um, a year or two ago. Um, I could live with that if I had a charger at my house. Are you okay. asking if they give, gave us one? or, or I'm, we... I'm saying, has has PCA been able to do um, a little bit of a drive slash study slash, hey, we, we've not lived e- with not this Not yet, thing. but we're actually, no. we're in contact with Porsche Cars North America, and okay. we're expecting a Taycan GTS at some point. Okay. In the next, it's been pushed back, I think, by like a month, it looks like. But hopefully sometime in April, May, we get a, a week, week-long week I'm curious long. to see what it's like because I got yeah. the longest commute. Yeah, yep. exactly. And and I love electric cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, when as the price comes down, um, I would not be hesitant at all to get an electric car and uh, use it for commuting. Sure. And, uh, you know, I would, um, I'm dying to see what life is like with the Taycan. And I would love to schedule a long trip because I don't think there's any argument about commuting. You know, if you get a level two charger, you plug it in every night or every other night or yeah, every how third far night, can you de- drive? depending mm-hmm. on. But on a, a long trip, um, what's that like? Right. Because obviously with gas, you just pull the next exit, fill up, and it's not, it's not, you're not even looking for gas stations. You're trying to find the best price on gas. Right. Or which has the best bathrooms or the best, uh, you know, snacks on it. Um, so for, for, elect, for electric, that would be interesting how long it takes to charge. Mm-hmm. You know, how much out of the way am I going or is it inconvenience me? 
um, mm-hmm. for a long trip. That's what I'm, I'd be really interested in. Well, the amazing yeah. thing is the range anxiety uh, syndrome. It it you're sort of mapping out your trips. Yeah, you got to pay where, attention more. Where with the gas cars, you jump in and you. We're get, not too bad here on the East Coast. Right. Uh, I I know there's places out west where I did. That's a definite issue. Yeah. How how can you make it? Yeah. You know? And luckily, get electric is. Uh, think about the guys that are trying to push hydrogen. Right. That's even the uh, yeah. harder. Here here's my yeah. hydrogen filling station. It's 500 miles away. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know it was funny too. Uh, I, I shouldn't call it funny, but there was a there was a hydrogen Toyota that was supposed to be in a race, and I believe Accio Toyota was supposed to race it. Um, and this was a week or two ago. I saw the headlines, but it had a hydrogen leak and it like caught on fire. So they didn't oh raise it. Oh my God. Oh, and no. it was like, well, there do you, you really go. want hydrogen? Right. <laughs> you know? So well, I know I got us off topic. I was just curious. No, it's, it's all good. You know, electric. Yeah. It's, it's the wave of the future. So yeah. wonder what it's really like in the real world. It's where yeah. we are. So at the beginning and I, I tell people, I go, I remember when I was 18, I was selling, uh, electronics at Macy's. And when I started, they had us the CD 101 by Sony, which was like $1,200. And uh, you had to look hard to find places that sold CDs. The CDs were triple the price of an album. Right. And at Macy's, they had like 30 uh, turntables and one CD player sitting by itself in the back, $1,200. Wow. A year later, it was the opposite. We had one record player. And all of these CD players. Right. And they and were half the cost. Two years later, you could buy them for like $99. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. So, and that was like, a, it went from like a single beam to triple beam. And it was just, um, it's just evolution, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, don't expect that the first gen is going to be the way it's going to be forever. Well, we, yeah. Manny and I have a mutual friend that got a Tycon allocation. Mm-hmm. And, um it, it was sort of always iffy whether or not he was going to keep it. He drove it, came back, and I said, well, what, what did you think? And he said, that is one of the best cars I've ever driven in my life, ever. Yep. And I said, you mean electric cars? He said, no, one of the best cars. Yep. And so, you know, Porsche is, is evolving just like everybody else, but it sounds like they're they're hitting it out of the park. Yeah. My short time, the Taycan feels feels like a Porsche. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first impression I get. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so. I agree. It's a uh, you forget you're driving an electric car. Even the weight doesn't. Uh, I thought the weight would really bother me, mm-hmm. but nope, it doesn't. We don't talk about weight or hair in here. So. <laughs> <laughs> My throwing back. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was amazed. This was in the news. Um, was uh, Porsche? Um, has put their F1 entry on hold. Their McLaren deal didn't go through, mm, yeah. which I'm thinking, how long have we been saying about Formula One and Porsche mm. and that it's dead, but it's not dead. It's dead, but it's not dead. Um, yeah, after the Red Bull thing, it was, it was tough to see their way yeah, out. There rumors about McLaren, and uh, I think they got their hands full. And um, I was never a big fan of them going into F1 just because it's such a circus. And, and it doesn't make a lot of sense for Porsche as a car no. manufacturer. Yeah. You know, it would be cool. I would love to see them there, but not, they don't have to force it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. I like seeing them in the GT world and the, you know, semi-prototype world. It's yeah. just, it's so much closer to the cars they're building. And, um, and I love the fact that Ferrari's getting into that again. Mm-hmm. And it's like reliving the glory days of Porsche, Ferrari, and maybe Ford will do it too. Right. Or, uh, yep. And Peugeot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Peugeot had some issues at Seabury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to events. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, well, the um, 
the is now it's it was no longer called PCA National at Sea, which was I it was a sexy name, PCA National <laughs> at Sea. It is called Treffen at Sea now. Treffen at Sea. Treffen at Sea there we is go. a new name they picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melanie, uh, our events manager, wanted to call it Treffen at Sea. Not, excuse me, not Treffen at Sea. She wanted to call it Cruisin with a K, I believe, the German word. <laughs> and evidently that almost made it, but it didn't uh, fly. <laughs> Executive Council decided on Treffen, which is our – actually, Treffen is a word that PCA has trademarked. Uh, means uh, meeting in German, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, soon PCA is going to take over the entire ship, and it'll just be <laughs> maybe a, that's a, what their dream uh, is. Literally, they, a giant. They actually PCA got a they ship. got a bigger ship. Yeah, uh, for this for this cruise, they're anticipating that there's going to be so many more PCA people. Are you guys going? I don't know yet. Yeah. No plans. Roxanne and you. Well, it depends if it's a national. Yeah, Boo talked about having a tech tactics. So if they need me to run it. I'll go. Oh, boo hoo! I'm, I'm not. A, well, I'm not. A, <laughs> you know me. You know I'm not a cruise person in the sense that I I, I can't lay out in the sun. I can't. Uh, right. You know I, I try to find the shade in places. So no, there's um, plenty of shade. Don't worry. <laughs> if I can stay at home, I don't have to go to a boat to find shade. And, you know, when it, everybody says, yeah, but you can drink as much as you want, eat as much as you want. Yeah, but you don't drink a lot. I don't drink, and, yeah. and I'm not supposed to eat as right. much. So. <laughs> check, check. Yeah, okay. it's like, yep. uh, like sending an alcoholic to a uh, boost a boost right. Oh, I had a ball. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have the uh, Porsche Plots at Laguna Seca, uh, minus maybe the pedestrian bridge, on May uh, 12th through 14th. Uh, you can find that on our website, and the um, the Kentucky region. Not actually, it wouldn't be the Kentucky region. This would be uh, they're having a weekend getaway. They're called the uh, it's at the Schwarzerberg. Here we go. Uh, Robert, it's Wilderness Trail. I'm sorry. It's I, I was looking at uh, Kentucky, and I even picked this Backroads Appalachia. Uh, I love these type of events called I call them multi event weekends, or they're known as multi event weekends. And you have multiple regions that show up. And uh, it's a, a, a driving tour, social. It's a uh, people sometimes call it a mini parade or mini trip, and it's um, it's a lot of fun. And it, that looks like 500 miles in two, and, and, and during that that period, that's a lot of driving. That is a lot of driving. But it, it looks like great roads. So yeah, check our uh, Kentucky Weekend hmm. Getaway. It's called. It's uh, Wilderness Trails uh, hosting that. So, uh, next week, I think Vu will be back. I do not like this center part of the table. I, I, I am so used to I sit where Bob sits, and I have a place for my laptop, and it's unobstructed. And uh, you're, yeah, you're Vu, out doesn't, of the- Vu doesn't use a laptop, so I can see why it doesn't bother him, because he doesn't have to uh, look through his microphone to see uh, see the laptop And, and Vu is where today? I'm sorry. You probably said that early on. Vacation, I guess. Is right? he? Good for vacation. him. No, what looking he, at colleges. Looking that's at colleges. Right. colleges. Yeah, yes. vacation, quote unquote. He was in that, <laughs> He was in Alabama and Birmingham for the Executive Council quarterly meeting. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know, his family flew out to meet him or how it worked, but then they were going to, uh, was it Houston, I think, to look at colleges for his son? I'm not he sure. Me. Boy, that's amazing. Yeah. But, uh Vu's kids going to college. Yeah, I mean, well, when I got here, I was 26 when I got to PCA, to work at PCA in 2014. And, like, his kids weren't in high school yet. And now, like, two of them are in college. Yeah, so. we hired Vu. We did the interviews. Loanne was pregnant with Jonah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, that third was a, kid. Yeah. In fact, uh, next, next show I'll bring in uh, his, first, uh, his first meeting he went to uh, as executive director was in Reno, Nevada, 
and we met. Uh, it was our quarterly EC meeting. I think I was secretary. Yeah, I was secretary at the time, national secretary. And we went to Ranson Webster's collection, and we took a picture oh. in front of the 804 Formula One car that Ranson, I think, had recently yeah. uh, acquired. And that, that uh, was one of the cars I transported back from Laguna. Was oh. Ranson's Ranson's car? His the 804? Se- no, the 70. He had a 74 RSR. I think. Okay. Yeah. And so this was the. Anyways, I'll have to bring it in. I found that for all my stuff I'm going through. Um, and uh, I look young, and so does Boo. Boo <laughs> <laughs> looks like he came out of high school. Yeah, um, well, he still does. <laughs> that, that was. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, Eddie Munster; he just never ages. You know, yeah, that was uh, oh, Eddie. 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 Uh, he uh, he aged. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it reruns. He never aged, yeah. but he aged. Um, yeah, he, uh, it, it'll be. It's a funny photo. I'm coming across some old stuff. Um, but uh, anyway, so he'll be back next week. And if we have anything else, no, but nothing else, hopefully it'll be sunny this weekend. Maybe we can do a Cars and Coffee, cars and, coffee. And, and do mm-hmm. stuff with the cars. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks I for coming on, Bob. Uh, yeah, sure. You filled in uh, nicely. Hopefully, uh, Alwyn, if you're listening. Yes, we uh, miss you. you're feeling better by yeah. the time this comes, and uh, we want, want you to come here so we can uh, take you for crab cakes. <laughs> there we go. And maybe some uh, uh, um, Italian uh, food down to Little Italy. Pit beef. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Pit beef at the, the Gold Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where, where are we yeah, going, Manny? That <laughs> says you've been there, haven't you? Uh, well, well no, I'm just going to I'm going to leave that. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, thanks for listening. If you aren't a current PCA member and own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Be sure to have your VIN friend VIN handy. And for those who don't currently own a Porsche but you're looking for one, check out our test drive program. Basically, we want you to join PCA. Right. It's only forty six dollars. You get uh, twelve issues. Right printed issues of our award-winning Porsche magazine called Porsche Panorama. And, of course, if you're looking for a Porsche, you have access to the member classifieds. We're a great place to find member uh, Porsches, which are the ones that are always taken care of. Mm. Uh, Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page to see behind-the-scenes photos and videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. And also follow our Porsche Club uh, of America Instagram page, which is just called Porsche Club of America, right? Yeah, Bogdan does a phenomenal job of... Uh, it's gone crazy. Yeah, yeah. good for Bogdan. Yeah, of, oh, yeah. uh, of trying to find the next viral video. And I love Bogdan's uh, enthusiasm. Every video he said, this is going to be viral. I can tell <laughs> this, gonna is gonna, this is going to blow up. This is going to blow up. This is going to blow up. Or simply comment. Uh, if you want to leave a comment, uh, go to YouTube and leave it on our uh, podcast video. Um if you want to stay in touch with all things PCA, remember to subscribe to our free PCA newsletters at pca.org backslash newsletters. And that's, uh, we have uh, it on the screen right now. It's eBreak News. That's a big daddy. That's uh, the one that uh, Damon does every Tuesday. Um, and if you don't subscribe to any of them, make sure you do eBreak News because uh, that will have all the latest information. When people say, I didn't hear about that, that's because they don't subscribe to eBreak News. Uh, performance news is for the four-door Porsches, and our newest one is Mark Fresh, mm-hmm. which is just about uh, the cars on the classifieds, and uh, if you're looking for a Porsche, you definitely want to subscribe to Mark Fresh. Mm-hmm. So, if we don't think have anything else, we'll call this a day. We'll let Robert get ready for Phase 2 registration, and hopefully the next podcast we're talking about what a success Phase 2 was, and now all our members were happy. So, until next next time, stay safe, and we'll see you down on the road. <laughs>